Hello, welcome to Derv's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about Elden Ring. Before we do that, Buddy, I want to tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. Well, on this podcast, we wipe over and over and over again on Tree Sentinel. Um, <laughs> on this podcast, we talk about games. And the game, the name of the game today is Elden Ring, which came out a couple of weeks ago at this point. So maybe almost... a like three or four weeks ago at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, but it is the latest from software game. It has a store setting from George R. R. Martin. I don't know. He was part of the like so, announcement. They were like, "Ooh, from George R. R. Martin." Um, but uh, I and will you say, also have a horse now. I will say this game has a lot more legible and coherent story than the pre- previous from software games. That seems fucking ridiculous. I know, right? Because it is incredibly illegible. I have, don't. Uh, it's. I have never in my life understood less about like a game world so, going into it. Like, so, buddy, are you reading yeah. item descriptions? I am. I, I have read some item descriptions, but I just I don't have any good items, Mango. I've no, got no. like one. So, so. So part part of this here is um, I am not exactly the the best or the biggest from uh, or you know Blood Souls Soulsborne that's the thing that people call yeah, it sure, sure, sure. game player but I have played um, so I really love Dark Souls three um, <laughs> and I have played parts of all the other Soulsborne games um, including a couple of like the you know the uh, you know uh, attempted mimickings by by other um, companies sure um, and I have. 56 hours in this game so far. Um, <laughs> buddy, this is, I believe, your first FromSoft game, correct? It's my very first FromSoft game of all time. Uh-huh. And I have 6.2 hours in the game as of as of right now. So um, the general consensus that I agree with this is that this is, if you're going to start at a FromSoft game, with a FromSoft game, this is probably the one to do it. It is much easier to get into than any of the other ones. Um and uh, my my understanding is you have had some experiences with uh, with the early. Yeah, so this is how this is how it goes. I I'm not, I haven't lived under a rock. I have a lot of friends who are really crazy about Elden Ring, right? So um, I had so you know I, I've I've seen some stuff on Twitter. So when I first loaded into the game, that was pretty straightforward. I knew that the tutorial was you had to jump down, right? There was a tweet about that where somebody was like, "Ho ho ho, FromSoft," you know. They troll. They're trolling by putting a by putting a tutorial at the bottom of this pit. I was like, oh, I'm not going to miss the tutorial. I'd like to learn, you know. Um, I did precisely that. I jumped down. Um, then I, you know, I killed a bunch of stuff. I chose samurai. Also, um, I was thinking about going warrior, which seemed to be the other one that you were mentioning, where you're kind of like dual wielding big boy swords, very strength focused. But I decided that uh, you know I've done that a lot recently, and that I wanted to, I just wanted to give the the good old samurai a try. Um, and I was having a pretty good time, you know. Oh, tutorial mobs, very easy. You know, you kill them in two hits, and they're incredibly slow. Whatever else, right? You come outside. Okay, so you come outside. There's a little bonfire, not bonfire, whatever it's called, Grace. Right? There's grace. A little grace. I there. like that you, who has not played a FromSoft game, is doing the thing where you call everything by its Dark Souls name, even yeah. though, you know, it's bonfires and souls, even though it's Sites of Grace and Runes in this game. Yeah, yeah, and I had maybe 500 runes at that point, and I was like, okay, well, I know from context that I'm supposed to spend these runes to level up, right? Like, I get that, right? 
but I could, but I couldn't figure it out. I was like, do I, do I have to rest a certain amount of time? Do I have to do whatever? And then I decided in my sort of like overthinking kind of game dev brain, right? I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm still in a part of the tutorial and I need to unlock the ability to level up by doing a thing. And right over this ridge is a golden giant knight on a, on a, on a horse Clearly, this is a boss, right? That I am supposed to kill to unlock the capability to level up, right? Um, this this boss is called Tree Sentinel. I engage him. He gets the big health bar at the bottom, which I also know from context. That's how you know it's a boss, right? They get the big health bar at the bottom rather than, you know, like one over their head. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm in it. I'm in it. This is good. And I spent the next two hours just wiping on this boss over and over and over again. Uh, and I got to this point where I was like, and I tried a million different ways to do it, right? The first thing I tried was I was like, oh, well, samurai are also good with longbows at the same time that they're good with, um, they're, that they're good with katanas or whatever. So I was like, maybe I'll, I'll be ranged. So I was shooting the boss, but every time I shot the boss, he puts up this big golden shield. And I was like, well, this fucking sucks. And then I ran out of arrows and I was like, oh, Oh, I guess there's ammunition. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, whatever. It's fine. Then I died two two seconds after that because I think I was switching. This is this is something that's killed me a million times. Where I'm like, okay, I have to use the the D-pad to switch what my active thing like weapon is. And in that time, I get smashed by this like by the tree sentinel's halberd or whatever. So I was like, okay, well it's fine. I'll try again. I respawn and I have no fucking arrows. And I'm like, oh, wait, I don't get my arrows back. <laughs> I have my character is these arrows, apparently, and I just burned all of them into his stupid fucking golden shield because I didn't realize that, whatever, it's fine. Okay, I'm a samurai, I have a katana, right? I have a sword. So I'm going up and I'm fighting him, and I have my shield. They, they give you this tiny little shield, and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to block his big damage because there's this thing where he does a little, I, I'm pretty good at dodging all of his shit. Right, and, and I memorize the attack patterns pretty quickly, right? But the thing that always fucks me up, it's two things that always fuck me up on Tree Sentinel. Number one, he does this shoulder check thing where like the horse, it's, it's just like a very a quick, if you're that. too close, yeah, he like shoulder checks you and then slams the thing. And most of the time, the, the shoulder check always catches me. And most of the time, the follow-up Howbeard is quickly is quick enough that I can't roll out of that in time, right? That's like kill scenario number one. Kill scenario number two is I get him to phase, technically. I don't I, I don't actually know if there's a phase involved here, but I've only ever seen him do this at like 60% Most health. Most of the bosses he, get like another move at the 50% health mark, yeah. Yeah, he like jumps up into the air and slams down with his shield in this big AoE. And that AoE is fucking massive. And one shots me every time, right? So this is the world that so this is the world that I'm living in. And I'm just like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Anytime I think he's gonna do his little shoulder check move, I'm just gonna block with the shield and I'll be fine. But this fucking shield is so piddly that I block and first of all, it takes all my stamina, so I can't do any follow-up dodges. <laughs> then it also deals a gazillion fucking damage to me, right? And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm just going to have the shield in my offhand, and I guess I'll attack him with the katana in the first hand. I remember there was, like, a little tutorial message about two-handing, but I cannot for the life of me figure out the, the button combination to actually put both my, my fucking hands on the sword. 
And then maybe another hour of wiping, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I said I was not going to look this up, but I'm instead going to fucking actually do this. I'm going to go fucking look this up. And I was like, how do you two-hand? Um, and, and, and I was like, okay, fine. So I, I hold Y, and I, and I press the right button. I am now two-handing two, two, two my katana. Perfect. But I'm still dying to the shoulder check and the shield slam every time. So it's just like... Well, Jesus Christ, this doesn't even mean anything. All it does is it gets me closer to the, you know, like closer to the phase where he starts shield slamming me and I die anyway, right? That just, that whole thing happens faster now, right? So I'm like, okay, maybe I, and then I see, and then I see a tutorial message that's like mounted enemies can be stunned and like the, or like you can stance break them or something. And the way to do this is, is jump attacking. Right, it's charge attacks and jump attacks, and I remembered because I had triggered this a couple of times where you know you can kind of trigger this down phase where he's sort of staggered yeah. and your next hit does like extra damage, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna that. Then this is this is the secret to the boss, right? Instead of hitting with my light attacks, just kind of weaving light attacks in, I am instead going to do jump heavy attacks to trigger as much of these down states as often as possible, right? Which actually, this ends up working out pretty well, but we are still in the problem of I'm just getting to 60% quicker and then dying to these fucking shield slams, right? Um, and I eventually am like, okay, well, maybe what I really want to do is I want to use light attacks to about 70% and then start using the charge attacks so that I stun him right as he goes into 60% and then I use another, you know, like charge heavy attack to, to do all of this extra bonus damage, which also works out pretty well, right? So I'm just doing, I'm just doing light attacks, just chip, chip damage, chip damage, chip damage. And then he's getting lower and lower. And I'm like, okay, here, I'm going to start ramping up with the, with the, the, you know, the flying heavy attacks. Then he gets to 60% and I like, and I'm now mildly capable of dodging these shield slams, but not, not really. And, um, and I'm capable of triggering them, but he still has a whole 60% of his fucking health bar to go. So I'm like, I, you know, this is the tactically correct thing to do, but I just keep dying to these shield slams and these shoulder checks, technically speaking, over and over and over again. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm not taking advantage of the damage window enough, right? Because I'm not using this skill, which I can see on my bar, and it's called unsheath. And I'm like, I, I know I know from context, I, I have special weapon skills, right? That's how you use the blue bar. That's how you use the mana, whatever that fucking is called. Focus points right? is, is a term, yeah. Yeah, and I cannot for the life of me figure out how to actually trigger the use of this skill. There's no tutorial on it. And there's no there's no message or whatever. And I it gets to a point where I'm spamming in the loading screens to try and find a keybind where it talks about this, like a little tip in the loading screens every time I die. Just so if I can see, I can figure it out. And eventually I go and I look it up, and it's you, you know, you hold the left trigger and then you use the right button, the right trigger to make uh to make this attack, right? So what happens is you sheath the katana and then you use the katana it does a bunch of extra does a bunch of extra damage a, a, a bunch of bonus damage right and this is basically the final form that i can get to level 10 just having walked out of the thing and this is maybe the end of my two hours i've i feel like i'm getting him to 60 percent, 75 percent of the time and maybe 30 percent, 10 of 10 percent of the time and it's like this is attainable but like 
this can't possibly be real. At this point, I am I have fully lost confidence that this is the the actual ticket to learning how to level up. So I'm like, you know what? I looked up shields. I looked up how to how to two hand. So I'm just gonna look up how to how to trigger level up. Lo and behold, you you go you look it up and you have to go rest at a certain bonfire like a little bit a little bit later down the line in order to trigger a cutscene in order to get the the lady to spawn. I was just sitting there like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. So, so I, went I, 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 I will tell you that it's actually more obtuse than that. Um, it is not a particular bonfire. It's, I think, the third one you rest at. Is like because like no one knew like the first beginner was like what actually triggers this and it's the third one you because you you have no maidens buddy that face went maidenless yeah I, <laughs> yeah yeah D A E anyone have any maidens <laughs> right like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway so I go over there I trigger leveling up I only have five hundred runes which I thought was a lot but it turns out it's less than half of what I need to level or maybe it's a little bit about it's about half of what I need to level um, and I am just like. Okay, fine, I guess. Uh, and I decide that I'm gonna go back at level 15. I'm like, I'm gonna get five levels. I come out at level 10. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this at level 15. Uh, so I spend the next maybe hour. This, by the way, is the next day. I gave up after. Once I figured out how to level, I went to bed, and then I, and then the next day, I just started farming. The, there are these guys outside of the bonfire that I went to. There's like this little fort. It's like the gate ruins or whatever. And there's just like maybe 15 guys there. And, you know, they're not easy, but they're not hard to kill. So I just kill them and then I go back to the bonfire and then I kill them and I go back to the bonfire. And eventually I have just ground out 15 levels and I put two of it into health. And I think two, one, it's like two into health, one into strength, two into dex, just because I looked at my scaling on on this katana, um, and that just made the most sense, right? And I went back to the tree sentinel, and this was right before the podcast. This was maybe, I told myself I was going to do this at lunch, actually. I was like, okay, well, I have my 15 levels. I have an hour for lunch. I'm going to go, you know, kill the kill the tree sentinel. And I just wiped on the tree sentinel for, for another fucking hour. I, I, I more, I, it was more consistent that I got to, I got to 60% basically every attempt. Right. Uh, but very rarely did I ever get past that. Um, and eventually I got to a point where I decided, and by the way, we had blown past that hour long lunch break at this point. I maybe put an hour and a half into this. Right. And I was like, well, I'm just going to farm more levels. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not true. The first thing I did was I was like, because I had run into a store. There's a shop nearby. And I could see that I could buy arrows. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I can do this with arrows. So I went and I went back to that fortress. I farmed those guys maybe six or seven more times to gain maybe 2,000 runes or something. I bought 100 arrows. And then I did the next four or five attempts just with the bow and arrow. Uh, which ended up being a fucking nightmare because the bow you shoot, but it shoots in a straight line, obviously. But like, I you you have to use the auto toggle, right? Like the toggle ability. Um, and half of the times you shoot a bow, you shoot the bow, it just goes wide. And I was just sitting here, and I was like, even 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 though I can dodge this all better because I'm not in close anymore, I can just stay out, you know, the whole time, and I'm just staying as far back as I possibly can, whipping arrows. Half of my arrows are fucking missing. So I go maybe four or five 
deep on on the arrows before I run out of arrows and I'm just back to the katana. And uh, and then I decide I'm going to get five more levels. And so I just recently have gone back to that fortress and I am farming boys buddy. again to get to level 20. So buddy. that's this is the story of Elden Ring as, as, far, as, buddy, yeah. as far as I've experienced it. I'm going to give you a recommendation. <laughs> okay. Ignore the tree sentinel for a little while. <laughs> I went back to the Tree Sentinel after I beat, like, the first cinematic boss. Maybe even the second. Like, I didn't beat the Tree Sentinel for a while because, like, um, he's meant to be – I so I think the knights are meant to be t- tackled on horseback. Have you got you, – you got Torrent from from Melina. Oh, already. I got the horse. Yeah. I actually tried the Tree Sentinel on the horse two or three times, but it was a fucking nightmare. I didn't get any damage in, and he just kept fucking me up because I can't dodge. So I, I just well, you can you can you horse. can sprint. Like, if you hit the dodge button on the horse, you'll sprint and you get iframes on it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't think I ever tested that. But okay, I don't like fighting on horseback. Um, probably because I use a short. I use hammers; they're relatively short weapon. So I like, like an asshole, like fight all these cavalry enemies on foot with my giant fucking shield, <laughs> just like fuck you, right? Like, um, <laughs> um, but like you've learned several very important lessons. <laughs> you've learned that like there's a bunch of bullshit. Like I love these games, I do, but like. And this game makes a lot a lot of this more transparent, right? Like, um, your shield, there, there are a couple things to know about the shield. One, if you look at its properties, it'll tell you how much guard it gives you. And, like, most metal shields will give you 100%. Uh, most metal medium shields or large will give you 100% physical guard, which is, like, the thing to have, for, especially for new players. You can just kind of hold it up. And it'll still it'll drain stamina when you hit it, but like, when yeah. they hit it. But, like, also, if you keep your shield raised, you... you Regain stamina much more slowly. So if you can drop it in between, it's important. There is a moment when you're raising your shield, you're still vulnerable. The other thing is, is, and this is a thing that is very not obvious. The shape and size of your shield actually matters. If the, if the hit box for the weapon can actually reach around your shield, you'll still get hit. There are a couple wow. times later in the game, like there's this. This is this is a mild spoiler. This is like giant bird enemy, and um, it's like a boss. And if you're too close to it, it does like this pecking thing, and it pecked me in my head over my fucking shield. I was so fucking <laughs> furious. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that has definitely happened to me a lot with Tree Sentinel. In um, I don't know, I it, I have some greater thoughts about this whole process. In general, I have enjoyed the what would I call this? Just the experiment of it all, right? Yeah. Like it is neat that I that I'm in a position where I get to experiment with um, all of these all of these mechanics for the first time. Um, but the big question, sort of, sort of for me is uh, is like reliability and precision, right? Um, and that's something that has definitely like hit me before. Like I have dodged attacks, and this is the kind of thing that makes me want to throw a controller, right? You dodge an attack, and you're like. I, I, I dodged it, right? Or like, you know, because the, there are some attacks that are kind of locked on, right? But you dodge them and it breaks that sort of lock and it'll slam down right next to you because it's, it's aimed got tracking at where, on it. Yeah. where you are. Yeah. But like sometimes it'll just track you forward. And it just like, it doesn't feel like I'm dealing with like bugs, obviously. Um, but it just feels like that that kind of thing just feels insanely unfair, right? Um which is which is part of I guess like the the thrust that comes with the the from soft you know like get good kind of uh, yeah I mean, uh, so ethos I, I would say that like one of the things that like the games are known for and I think Elden Ring mostly also is that it is pretty fair you just have to like know what you're looking at and 
frankly, Elden Ring is not, and any of these games are not great at like telling you about what, what it is. But it's like, you know, the point at which tracking stops on a particular attack is a thing to learn. And yeah. I think I actually think, and this is you know, this is somewhere where I won't defend them. Is like that that opening boss, right? Like the opening boss in in Dark Souls Three is Idix Gunder. He's a tough boss. He's not as tough as Tree Sentinel, but he's in about the same position that the Tree Sentinel is. He's actually so. Theoretically, the tutorial, the tutorial boss is a, is a joke, right? Like, you get the big bar, and you, you you fought the boss in the hole, right? It's just like a knight with, like, a... Oh, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's really easy. Like, he's, he's like, very much a tutorial boss. Um, whereas these games mostly don't have these. The problem is, is the place where Iodex Gundir, who's the, 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 the opening boss for Dark Souls 3, is, is at about the same position that Tree Sentinel is, but there's not a good indication that, like, Tree Sentinel is probably above your pay grade. There's a couple of things here, right? One, you don't have your horse, and I think, that, like I said, I think the knights are intended to be fought on horseback. Two, you don't have, you probably still don't have the summoning bell and, um, and, uh, and ashes, right? Or, uh, and, uh, summons, oh, right? Oh, the wolves? I did get that. I okay. have no idea how to use them, but I did trigger a cutscene at some point. That, that, yeah, so you, you have to, you have to rest at that church at night. And she'll show up. The the the, the oh Renala. interesting okay yeah. yeah 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 again this is this is another thing I for Incredible some reason my phone kept pushing wow. this headline to me it's like you can miss this really easily and it's like the it's like the non co op like option right like the game clearly pretty much intends you to use these but you assign so you take the wolves and you assign them to um, a button somewhere and then you can use them right like I have them assigned to my hold Y down is my is my summons. Um, uh, and so there's some there's some nice like quality of life improvements to this, right? The two-hander thing is a consequence of them having to put jump on A, which is not a thing that was there in the past. It was on a different button in the past. Um, uh, and like like lots of like lots of little dumb stuff that they, they don't tell you about, right? Like um, I'm pretty sure you can more accurately aim your bow if you two-hand it and you hit LB. Like you get, Oh, like, you can. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely have okay. done uh, I definitely have done that. Yeah, but it's I, just like you can't do that in the middle of like dodging attacks and right. everything. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Um what else? Um, but yeah, I would recommend that you don't, like, I've seen people go to grind, and this game, I don't think you need, really need to grind this game, right? Like, did you did you find, did you explore, did you clear the camp that you're talking about? Did I find the Golden Knight? Not the Golden Knight. What's, did I find the Troll? Which, uh, so the Trolls to the... Okay. Yeah, so to, I, what I did was I went north, and then there's a road, and through that road is a little camp, right? Yeah. Um, and in that camp, there was one golden knight who was actually pretty, like, he's, like, tough. You know, like, he's yeah. killed me a bunch of times when, I, when I'm farming him. Sometimes, you know, he'll, he'll kill me before I kill him kind of thing. And it also has a bunch of spear guys, you know, sword and shield guys, hammer guys, torch guys, right? Some dogs are in there. Then there is a big gate, right? And on the other side of the gate are four crossbow guys, and a troll jumps down. Uh, and I've killed that troll. I've killed that troll twice. Okay. But maybe just once. I, I don't remember. Once or twice, I've killed that troll. Um, and I've killed a couple guys in the woods to the west of that. And did, maybe that is all I've ever done. Did you, That's did, all I've done in, in the game. So, but the crossroads, you, did you get the map piece? Crossroads. So the troll. So yeah, south, south of the that. troll, there yeah. is like, like, like the road out of the forest hits a T section, right? And there's it's like an, a bunch of enemies there. That's what I thought you were talking about. Is that the is that the ruins? Is that like the? I think the it might be camp? called. The, uh, yeah, it's like the first. It's like the opening camp. 
Um, There's a map piece there. So There's right at the te- at the right of the te- so this this isn't this is another this is like one of the first tips you see on kind of like ten tips for Elden Rings, is at the T junction, <laughs> on on like your un- unexplored map, there will you can see like a little marker, and at the base of all those markers is a map piece, and that'll like reveal the map for you. Um, so after you're coming out of the church, you're going east, ish. Right. And then it'll hit that T-junction, and then to the left is the gate, like, to the north, and to the south there's, like, a bridge and some other stuff. But those ruins are there, and that's they surround that T-junction. Um, it's got, like, two carts and a knight and um, a couple of, like, footmen, and then, like, there's, like, one big knight with a lance, which I assume is the golden knight you're talking about. Yeah, oh, this is the golden knight. Yeah, I, I got his hat, his helmet, um, which, which made me feel very accomplished, killing him at some point. He dropped... His, like, little special golden knight helmet. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is better than my samurai hat, so. Uh, have you okay. Have you been keeping track of your equip load? Yeah, well, yeah, and I, because that fucked me up for a while. Because uh, there was one point when, oh, man. I think the first point when I got back, this is actually what got me to the arrows. Because what ended up happening was I was farming stuff, and I picked up a bunch of shit, right? Um, and I just kind of didn't know what I was doing, so I kind of equipped everything. And I went back to fight Tree Sentinel, but my fucking rolls sucked for some reason. I was like, what is going Ooh, fat on? Roll. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I did, because yeah, you roll, but you just, like, fall on your ass. And I was just like, what is this? This sucks. And I maybe did, like, two or three attempts at that before I decided that that was not correct, that I was over-encumbered, uh, which ended up being true. So I went back to the church, and I sold all of this stuff. And that's when I bought the arrows, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this as an archer this time. Um, so... Yeah. So, are did you, you notice tr- to skip tree sentinel? Like, um, I did can't, you even attempt him at level ten? I did. I attempted him a couple of times. Uh, first of all, I came out at level one because I played. Um, I played the wretch. Um, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so like obviously that was a lot. That's that. That's that's <laughs> a little bit tougher, right? Like, um, uh, and so I, after a couple of attempts, I I like went past. Um, I wanted to, like, it, it was, like, I, I guess, like, I had heard things, right? Like, I had heard things about the game, right? So I, I not, was not going in totally blind. Um, so I, I snuck past him, and I uh, I hit the gravesite. And then I went back, and I tried him a couple more times. I couldn't get him. And then I it was, like, maybe I'll come back to this, because, like, this is the open-world Souls game, right? You don't have to do anything in order. Um, and then I went to the crossroads. And so the other important thing is on the crossroads in the basement, there's a whetstone. And that lets you do, like, item improvements, basic item improvements. Oh, okay, yes. So I also found the basement. I, I did this, like, right before we got on the cast, actually. I never realized, but uh, just, like, in my – normally what I what I was doing was I was – there was – there's the, the grace above the camp, and I was going down through the camp just killing everything, right? Um, but I eventually got to a point where I died to the night – um, and rather than do that again, I had a ton of runes. I was like, I don't want to risk it. I just walked all the way around the camp and I, and I went to the grace at the bottom. Um, and so I, I started doing the opposite and I went, I worked my way up and just doing it from the opposite angle showed me that there was this little, uh, alcove that I had just never seen before. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, I'm going to explore this alcove, but it was also like 358. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do that later. Also, the, I, the, <laughs> So another another piece that frustrates me, and I should figure out a way to turn this off, is like the blood stains and the messages on the uh, on the ground, because uh, there was a, a message on the ground that was like treasure, and then another message on the ground that was like 
ambush, and I was like, I feel like the treasure guy is fucking lying to me, but the ambush sounds correct. Um, <laughs> but maybe, hey, maybe it's an ambush and then there's some fucking treasure. Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, so, frankly, now that it's been out for a little while, the messages are uniformly a bit better. For a long time, okay. like, every ledge would have two messages. One right next to it said, try jumping, and the one behind it said, liar ahead. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so um, generally the messages are pretty helpful. The bloodstains are helpful for, like, stuff like that specifically because you can, like, hit one and, like, walk, watch somebody, like, walk into a room and then die. And you're like, oh, maybe I should look out for that. Um but uh, I would I would say the messages are usually pretty pretty well. Also, there's like something that are also like situational, right? Like, like um like the ambush ahead can sometimes just depend on what angle you're coming at the fight from, whether or not it's an ambush or not, or you've already uh, dealt with the the enemy that it, that is warning yep. you about. Um, but I'm surprised you did, did you you have them? Did you not grab the map fragment? It's like a big purple point, like right in front of like the T in the in the road, like right by that night. You must have missed it. Uh, I don't know. Like, you, uh, is it a big glowy thing? I, there is something in the road, but I'm pretty sure I placed a marker there. So the big marker, the, the big marker, the, the markers that you place go all the way up to the sky, like in right. like a uh, you know a BR game. The ones that are yeah, like little yeah, yeah. points on the ground are items, and they're like vaguely color coded, like like wow things, although not quite. Um, like, like I think the like the maps are all purple. Um, yeah, I just have never once actually gotten okay. this map fragment. Okay, so there's the map fragment, which seems insane because I've killed that camp so many times. Yeah. I have ground it like like Elwin Bores. You know what I mean? Like, you should. I think you should explore because um, there's like tons <laughs> of stuff. There's tons of stuff to do, and you don't, like. Yeah. I don't think grinding is the right answer for this game. Like maybe you know if like. If you feel like you need an extra level, going to find some stuff. But like you know, they're like just head in any direction, you'll find something interesting, right? Mm. Um, and it's not the what same. If that interesting thing is tree sentinel mango. Then walk in the other direction. On one on one hand, I do think it's bad in the sense that it gave me a poor play experience. the The lion's share of my experience with Elden Ring has been confusion and frustration, right? But on the other hand, I'm very motivated to defeat Tree Sentinel at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, I think so. I so controversially, I think this game is maybe a little too easy, or it's a little easy, too easy to overlevel yourself, right? Like for a while, I have been not walking all over everything. You know what? I'm going to say something different. I don't think this game is too like. So the main bosses are all very beatable. Because you can either sure. summon another player or you can summon in a powerful summon. Um, and then half the bosses also have, like, NPC summons that you can summon, which you'll you'll see. Like, um, when you hit the first cinematic boss, you'll see, like, a summon set on the ground, even if you haven't hit, like, the, the whirling finger, you know, like, the, the thing that lets you see summons. Um, and those are all very beatable. But, like, then there are bosses that they don't let you do any of that. Like, um, if you look on the map, you might see, like, these circles on the ground. If you walk up to one, they're called... Uh, Ever they're like ever jails like it's G A O L I don't know how that's quite pronounced. yeah that is the that is the medieval way to to spell jail yeah okay so essentially they're like boss fights but you can't do summons and you can't summon people so they're really tough okay. like like when I when I said like a couple weeks ago that I spent three hours on a boss it was on one of those because you know I couldn't rely on my summons to like you know carry me essentially right or I couldn't summon another player to 
to carry me. Um, and so there, like, there's challenge there if you, that's like, unseeable. like a lot of it's a bit toned down. Plus there's like um, extra mechanics, like counterattacking is new. Have you experimented with that at all? Counterattacking? So, so there's a couple versions of this. So like, so the thing you were talking about when you put the person in the down state, what you actually want to do is run up to their, either their face or their back and hit a light attack. It's a little bit harder on the more monstrous, like the more monstrous enemies typically have a giant like orange thing that like shows you where to run up to them with. But a humanoid, like you walk up to the behind them or in front of them and you'll, you'll do like a, a like essentially like a, a critical hit animation plays a big noise. The noise is in all the games that like, you know, everybody recognizes. Um, and you could get those either by sneaking up behind someone and backstabbing them or by parrying them or by guard breaking them or by getting them in the stagger state, which is done through like primarily heavy attacks and jumping heavy attacks, like charge heavy attacks. Um, but one of the other ways you can do it is if you block a hit immediately afterwards, you can hit heavy attack and you'll do a counter attack and that does heavy stagger damage. But the thing there is that it's not, it doesn't put them into the stagger state necessarily, necessarily. So if they're doing like a quick combo and you go for that, you'll open yourself up and you'll get hit. It's risky. Um, Interesting. So like okay. a parry, which is a parry is a skill on some of the shields and some of the, some of the smaller weapons as well. Yeah. Um, it's a time thing and they will be open and you will get an immediate crit on them if you do it that way. But the counter attack doesn't necessarily put them into the stagger state, but if you do it enough, it will. And then you can get a critical hit on them. Um, can you parry no matter what? Um, like, can you pair or or does parry does parry scale with the power of your shield? Um, so you can parry almost anything, I think. Um, like there's a there's a great video of someone fighting the first cinematic boss and like just like parrying every attack, but like the timing's tight. Um, like it's interesting. It's tough to do, and like I also like don't know how well it would work on the mountain enemies. Um, yeah, because my shield definitely has the parry ability. Yeah. Um, the timing is really tight. It would make sense because I was like, what the fuck is the use of this shield if I can't use it to block things? Well, you know, you use it to parry things. But I wasn't really trying to parry things. I was just trying to block them. Um, so maybe actually that would be the secret to yeah. defeating my arch nemesis, the Tree Sentinel. <laughs> um, it's all I care about. It's all I care about. I just want to be Tree Sentinel, and then I'm done. Elden Ring, put it down forever. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's actually true. I'm having an okay time. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't want to give off the impression I'm having a, a bad time. <laughs> but I, like I said, I would explore. Like you yeah. know, like if you go north, you'll eventually head through the big castle and you'll eventually fight like the first cinematic boss, which I think is, is super fun. He's like a, a pretty decent introduction. He's not too, too, too difficult, but he's also not easy. Um, if you go East and South, you'll find a bunch of other random, like there's just like so much, right? Like you will like walk and like find a thing. Be like, Oh, that's neat. And like everything has a, like, like all of like the, you know how like Ubisoft games will have like, you know, hit these seven check marks and go, um, well, first of all, this game doesn't have any of those like like points on the map. You kind of have to find them yourself. And second of all, yeah, um, everything like so in Ubisoft games, you'll, you'll affect you'll like do something and like maybe it'll be worth it or not, right? Like it'll be like some like throwaway thing. Everything I found would be useful to someone. It's not all useful to me because I'm not playing. You know, you can't play every character at once. But like, you know, I'll find like an incantation. I'm not using incantations, but it'd be neat to have this if I was running playing incantations. Incantations are kind of like holy magic. Um, or you'll find like a you know like uh, a different type of of, uh, of of weapon, right? Like another thing that you probably missed, and I almost missed this until um, 
think I saw like a like a some like again like a, a message on the ground. Those two carriages in that area you've been grinding through, there is a chest on each one of them, and they each have a weapon in them. Um, oh, I have missed that. Yeah, um, and like I think it's in the back of both of them, but it, it, you know. And if you go south, you'll find another carriage walking along the road, and you can get another thing out of like you know. There's like so much there, and like you will run into all sorts of little surprises, right? Like. Um, if you want to see something cool, I'll leave it at this. From that camp, walk down. So there's a bridge directly to this. So first of all, there's a site of grace to the south of the camp as well. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, from that, if you walk like basically, I think it's like south. It's, it's almost directly due south. There's like a little swamp down there. Instead of going over mm -hmm. the bridge, you go down the side. Go down there. Explore around a little bit. You'll find something cool. Um <laughs> Um, Honestly, that that does sound that does sound pretty good, and that does sound pretty cool. Especially because, like, you know, like I think that that's just the strength of 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 a role playing game. Like, on one hand, it's interesting. Part of me thinks that coming at this from WoW is pretty good, but it, it's also really bad, right? One of the things that WoW does, like WoW raid bosses, are essentially these bosses, right? In the sense that they have mechanics, that they have timings, that you're. Exp I'm using the terminology wipe, obviously. I don't know if people who do Soulsborne games use that ter terminology, right? But um, the th that that feels very natural to me, right? Which is maybe why I was willing to just sit there and grind my face against this guy for two hours straight, right? Like. On my other screen all day yesterday, I was basically watching the Race to World First, which is just that, but in World of Warcraft, but, like, with a group of people, right? Um, and so that that makes me pretty uniquely, like, predisposed to this this type of gameplay. As, as frustrated as I got, right, and as confused as I was by things, um, I feel like that play pattern of I try, 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 change strategy, try, 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 change strategy, try, 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 try. Like, that is something that comes from the fact that I've been a, a, a WoW raider for a long time, right? But at the same time, WoW raids have a degree of precision and legibility that these bosses do not have, right? You know, like, something, something that I was thinking about, uh, which made me awful against Treat Sentinel, and I think still is part of the reason I get so, so ruined, is I am used to the presence of a global cooldown, right? In Elden Ring, there is effectively a global cooldown because you can't animation cancel any of your moves, right? If you spam light attack, you are just queuing more light attacks, right, to, to play out after your, your first one triggers. Each one of those light attacks locks you out from acting, which is what the global cooldown is in World of Warcraft, right? But in WoW, the global cooldown is uniform. It will always be this long. So you train yourself into a rhythm, right? Where you go, mortal strike, overpower, mortal strike, you know, slam, overpower, overpower, mortal strike. And it all, it hits like a cadence, like a, like a beat, right? The global cooldown in Elden Ring, because it is this effective global cooldown, not a real global cooldown, all of those moves have different you know, GCD diamonds to them. Because if I do a jump heavy attack, that incurs a greater global cooldown, so to speak, than doing a standing light attack does, right? Yeah, it's not a cooldown, it's just a, a cooldown, but it's, it's, it's got like, it's got 
um, frames. It's got frames on the end. Yeah. Yeah. That really, really what I'm describing, like I, the, the two mechanics are effectively the same. Right. And I think about these through the lens of wow. Cause obviously right. that's the game that I've, you know, like I'm, I'm more familiar with. Right. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't think anybody at, at FromSoft is ever going to call that stuff like a global cooldown, even if that's the way that, that it appears to me. But one of the big difference between a GCD on wow and what is effectively a GCD in Elden Ring is that in Elden Ring you queue yourself up for extra attacks, right? If you if you spam the button, but on WoW if I spam the button nothing happens. It doesn't matter, right? All I have to do is hit one button press, and by the time the next one comes up, I press you know like I can press something different. And I am used to in WoW spamming those buttons because there's no downside. Right. And honestly, there's no upside either. You just, you know, you just do it. I like for every mortal strike I hit, I'm probably hitting my mortal strike key four times right inside of that second or whatever else. But that's a really dangerous habit to have in Elden Ring because it means that I'm constantly getting myself animation locked. And I think at this point I have most like I've mostly gotten to the other side of that. Um but it is still definitely, you know, like it is still definitely like a piece of the puzzle. This right? is this is the thing that trips up a lot of new Soulsborne players is you commit to attacks and you need to know mm. that you're committed to those attacks. And if you if you mash, you are going to overcommit yourself and get fucked up because of it. Um, yep. Yeah. No. I mean, and it, it's interesting that you say like 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 the thing to me about the Soulsborne games that that always makes me feel f- good about playing. Like, there's a couple bosses in this game that like have felt unfair to me, but most of them feel fair and the bosses like whenever i die like for like 90 percent of the fights 95 percent of the fights i feel like i know what i did wrong right like i overcommitted to an attack and that left me open and you know i shouldn't have done that and that let him hit me and that's why i died right um and like sometimes it's a matter of like switching up my tactics right like like that boss that i i I spent a bunch of time on part of it was that he was able to like chew through my stamina by like beating on my shield um and i put like there is there is a a shield skill that like essentially decreases the amount of stamina that it takes, um, and it's like it's very powerful. Like if you look at the uh, at the the you know the postings on like the forums, people think it might be a little bit too overpowered just because like you can like eat all sorts of stuff in the in the shield without like lose like getting broken open because getting like humanoid enemies can critical hit you like you critical hit them if they blow yeah. you open. So you know it's it's uh it's a fucking you know it it it's like a a fun soup, right? Like, it's, it's the way I like to put it. And, like, enemies also commit, right? Like, you know, that big halberd attack that you see, they're stuck in that animation just as much as you are. And if you're in position to take advantage of it, you can hit them. Now, you won't be able to hit them for as much of their health as they can hit you for as your health. But, you know, the same the same general rules apply. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely do feel that. Though, I wonder if, like, the defensive play, play style of dodging makes makes that uniquely frustrating because like even though i think i think i agree with you every time i die i know exactly what i died to right but it's very common that i'm watching the attack come in and it just feels like i should have dodged that you know what i mean which is also maybe like a wow thing right like one of the nice things about wow is that precision that i kind of mentioned but you don't have that same level of precision on these bosses first of all the camera is much worse uh, just in terms of not not in terms of game design quality, but just in terms of visibility quality, right? Like the fact that you are stuck in this relatively close um, thing and it's locked to the other person. While that is useful and fucking necessary, I, I couldn't imagine doing a boss without that locked camera. Um, 
you know, you can imagine a world where I have the ability to pull my camera all the way out and zoom in on top. Like, wow, I would much prefer that, right? I feel like I would have way more legibility and way more readability to what, I, to what I'm doing. Um, and also just stuff that, like, you know... If, if an enemy is going to be doing, like, a big AoE ground attack, it's going to show the circle on the ground. And I'm going to see the hard edge of that circle and know where to, where to go. But the thing about that shield attack that's so devastating is that the damage of, like, the damage radius is so much bigger than the animation, right? It's so common for me to watch him start that. And I roll backwards twice and I still die because I'm in that explosion area even when it feels like I shouldn't be, right? Um, and that's the that's like the really punishing stuff. That's the stuff that I that I find. Oh, and then also the tracking, right? Where I'm watching the I'm watching the attack come in. I go, "Oh, I know this." And I go to dodge it, but I guess I have dodged it in a frame too early or a frame too late, and instead the Howbeard tracks me through the dodge and, you know, cleaves me for all my fucking health, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. No, I, I get that. And part of it, too, like, you have iframes on that on that roll, right? Like, you know, if you time it right, mm. you can roll while it's coming down. You won't take any. The other thing, too, is, like, I sus like, are you on, like, are you on, like, you said you fell on your ass. That means you were over uncovered. Are you on heavy equip load or are you on medium equip load? Uh, I, 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 once I sold all that, all that shit I didn't need, I was fine. So I guess medium. I am now dodging very, very safely now. Okay. Because there's, there's, a, there's, like, there's three levels of die, of roll, right? And like light, medium, heavy, and like medium is pretty doable. Heavy is like you don't get a lot there. Um, the other thing to know is that, and this is a thing that I don't like because it wasn't true in, the, in in Dark Souls Three, is weapons that aren't equipped or like weapons that are equipped but aren't out count against your equip load. Um, yeah, yeah, that was exactly what was causing the problem. Is I had I had just picked up bullshit weapons, all of which were worse than my katana, basically. Um, I just picked up these bullshit weapons and I equipped them because I wanted to, to try them out. But then I just went back to the katana because the katana does more damage and is longer and all this other stuff. Um, and and that was my problem. So I had to unequip them, sell them off at the guy, and then yeah. And then I, was I mean, fine. if they're in your inventory, they don't count against your your load, so you don't you don't have to sell them off essentially. But. Okay. Well, that that's good actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a hundred little hundred little things like that that you will either learn or not, but. You know, like, yeah, and I, w I do wonder, you know, how much of the magic is part of that, right? Yeah. You know, something, uh, uh, a designer uh, who works at Obsidian, right, but he used to be a WoW raid designer, was talking about Elden Ring on Twitter the other day, and one of the things he mentioned was how people say they want some of these things, but they don't actually because of how it warps the, the gameplay, right? He was mostly talking about the, uh, like, the quest journal, right, and how, you know, the reason that people find those Ubisoft collectathons unbearable, right, is because it, it fills your map with all of these like like icons and it removes some of the mystique of it all, right? Um, some of some of the magic of going and exploring this place because all you're paying attention to are essentially the arrangements of these icons. You don't give a shit about anything else, right? Um, and you no longer have that feeling of oh, I'm discovering something for the first time. It's not I'm rooting around this camp and I happen to find a treasure chest. It's I see a treasure chest icon on my mini map. I know there's a treasure chest in here. It's on my little radar at the top, and I'm just trying to, you know, solve the, solve the puzzle to unlock that treasure, essentially, right? 
And contrary to popular belief, people ask for these mechanics, right? Because if there is a treasure there, they want to know. They want to get it, right? In WoW, you now have these quest things where anytime you do a quest, it puts up the little zones on your map so you understand, oh, this is where the this is where you can farm the quest stuff. These are the items or these are the mobs that you can farm for that stuff. Nobody has to read like the quest text or whatever anymore, right? And all of these are features that players asked for. In WoW, it was a feature that people downloaded in an add-on that was so popular, Blizzard hired the add-on developer just just to bring the add-on to be a main part of their game right um but it but that all of that stuff sort of like removes the mystique anyway the the thing that he was talking about because he used to be on the raid the encounters team right so designing the raid and dungeon bosses was how he felt a similar thing had happened with the adventure journal right how there was all of this clamoring for wow raids to include an in you know like an in-game resource to coach you on mechanics, right? If you die in the Deathwing fight in whatever, you know, Halderon or not Halderon. What is it? What's his name? Whatever. Uh, the the crab. Yeah. Um, the crab that's also a dog. Um, I can go look up and I can see the ability name and what it's called and how much damage it does, right? All that stuff is in the dungeon journal, right? But that does remove some of the, you know, like some of the mystique to the whole thing where now it is less about me sort of experiencing the boss. And as I experience the boss and as I learn its mechanics, I get better and better over time and eventually we kill it. And instead me reading a textbook entry on the boss sort of deciphering what that means and then regurgitating that information to other people such that we could all kind of choreograph the 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 group coordinate activity that is this that is killing this boss in this raid right um and and just the presence of a dungeon journal changes those things materially right you would never have a boss like skolex who has an incredibly straightforward mechanic right all everybody in the raid has to be within 10 feet of each other skolex will burrow and then he pops up and he clears your things right but without the dungeon journal it would have been fucking impossible to figure that out right who would be sitting there like okay i'm we're trying this worm boss we we're getting this this debuff how do we trigger the thing oh maybe we all stack on top of each other like th that dungeon mechanic is only possible because there is a adventure journal to explain it um anyway the whole the, the point of all this is i do sort of wonder if elden ring's kind of lack of legibility and the fact that it is just so hard to kind of decipher and on, on, on these bosses like Tree Sentinel, you know, like I don't have great visibility into uh, like swings or, uh, you know, like the, the damage radius of that shield thing. Right. And I just kind of have to live in a certain amount of uncertainty because there is not going to be this super precise, you know, nature to the whole thing. Um, if that is part of what creates a satisfying, you know, Souls-like boss to fight. I, th I think that's true. I think it's true for the boss, and I think that's also true for um, a lot of the exploration elements, right? Like, you get a lot of those kind of like, well, this is a hole, and there, we know there'll be a boss at the end of it, and it'll have something there. But there's also probably some secrets in there that you haven't seen, that, you know, you have to figure out, even if they're just minor. And there's a bunch of little stuff, you know, and, you know... You know, your internet friends will help you because they'll put signs down on the ground and be like, look, look here, look here, there's a hole here, right? You, know, you can walk into it and, there's something, and you'll be like, oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you, man. Thank you for telling me about the secret. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a big part of, big part of the draw. Um, I think the flop side of that is that, like, I don't think some of these mechanics need to be as 
as like obtuse as they are, right? Like, like I learned about fat rolling in Dark Souls Three, and only after like a half dozen attempts on a boss when like I realized that like my roll was not rolling, like it was it, I was rolling, but I was doing a fat roll, and it was so much worse. And I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me, but I think Dark Souls 3 might not have even have directly told you what your equip load was. You just kind of had to, like, you know, try rolling and see You just if had to figure it out? Wow. Well, you- yeah, I mean, I, even even so, I think that the Dark... Or, I'm sorry, that the, the Elden Ring... Like, the Elden Ring inventory is... I mean, like, on one hand, I am the perfect kind of person for it because I want to get incredibly crunchy, right? Like, I, I am the person who sat down and watched a video that was like the basics of trade power in Europa Universalis 4. And it's a three and a half hour video about like breaking down just this, this incredibly complex system, right? That's part part of it. Not even com- just like, honestly, complicated, right? It is just incredibly complicated. There are so many moving pieces and factors. And that's part of the draw, right? Um, but it is very daunting to open up that character sheet and see like, just a wall of stats, you know, end over end, basically. So something they did in this game, which they didn't do previously, which is very good, is if you hit back and you move from view controls to explanation, you it'll let you effectively mouse over them and it'll tell you what each stat does, which is like, like it's such a godsend, right? Like, like, <laughs> um, <coughs> like I think like its immunity is like your general immunity to poisons. Right, like <coughs> not exactly legible from the top, so you can look over all that stuff, right? Like, and I think I think these are good improvements, right? Like, FromSoft has slowly been moving in, like, a, it's moved far enough that like the game is like playable without like watching a three, like kind of like I think Elden Ring is to Sol- the previous Soulsborne game as CK three is to CK two, right? Like, okay, all of the com- that actually is a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. like all that complexity. Um, and with, like, the rough edges sanded off and, like, a little bit more legibility. But it's still complex. You can still really dig into it if you want. But also, like, it's not as big a barrier. Um, like, the, like, like the, the cliff isn't as big a barrier. Um, weirdly enough, this game has the same problem as Dark Souls 1, with the Tree Sentinel specifically. Um, my big thing with Dark Souls 1 is I kept... I would, for whatever, like, it took me three attempts to get into Dark Souls 1. The first two times, I walked the wrong direction into the graveyard instead of towards the undead, the undead burg, I think is what it's called, which is, like, the st- like essentially, instead of going to the starting area, I went to, like, the higher level area, and I got my ass kicked in, like, you know, I had heard Dark Souls is hard. I must just not be good enough, right? And I bounced off. That of was honestly my thought. Exa- it was just like... And honestly, I was really excited to be proud of defeating the boss. Because the worst part, the worst part, is getting Tree Sentinel to, like, 30 25%, where you're like, oh, I'm in striking distance, right? You know. Ooh, you're going you're gonna to learn. So this is, this is a thing that I still fight, right? The boss is this much left. I just get one more swing, and it'll be done. And I go for the swing, and I shouldn't have gone for the swing. And then the fucking thing comes down, and I'm dead. Like, no fucking god. No, that's absolutely true. That is 100%. I've done that a million fucking times. And the worst part is I know that feeling. And I have, and it's also just like a nerves thing, right? Because like there's a difference between I start the fight, I immediately take two hits, and I'm sitting there chugging my flask. And I'm like, I, we're not getting very far on this one. But you, 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 know, you do it for the practice or whatever, right? But when you get to that point, maybe when I get to like 50%, 45% or something like that, you can't really tell. It's the bar or whatever. And you're like, Oh, 
this might be the, the one. one. This might be the one. And you start to get, you know, like, that's when that's when it's, like, you know, nerve-wracking. Like, there was one attempt where, honestly, it might have been my best attempt ever. I got him incredibly low. The thing that I did was, when I got him very low, I was like, I'm going to, I'm smart. I'm going to dodge the shield by switching into the, switching into the bow and arrow, right? So he started doing the shield slam. I was just like, I'm going to hang back and I'm just going to plink away. I have 60 arrows. I'll be fine. I'm plinking. I'm plinking. I'm plinking. And then I took a hit. I took a bad hit from something. And I was like, oh, 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 oh God, I'm abort, abandoned plan. I swapped back to the katana. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and just in that whole thing, it's like, yeah, that was it. I died. I lost. Yeah, no, because... the cascading failure mode, right? It's like, yeah, oh no, I got hit. 100%. I got a drink, and then while you're drinking, you get hit again. It's like, oh no, I need to drink again. But he's gonna take advantage. Yeah. Oh, oh no, God. oh no, I can't stabilize. I can't figure it out. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, but that's like that's why it is so sad. Like you know, I feel like if you had come into this conversation having down trees, Sentinel, which again, I don't think it's the right move for you to do right now. <laughs> you would have you would have been like, this is the greatest game ever. I can't believe you know like, you know this is like the the best feeling in the world, right? Because because yeah. you know, especially like like when it's when it's a boss that you're fighting against and it's tough and you beat it, it's good, right? Like I I probably left Tree Sentinel for too long because like again, frankly, I do not like the cavalry bosses just because I don't like sure. the, the horseback fighting. Um, but like they're like um, Godfrey. Um, who is this, this? This is like the second boss, second cinematic boss, deeper into the castle. Um, uh, it took me, it took me like not a ton, but like maybe like a dozen attempts to to kill him, and it was uh -huh. very satisfying. Um, uh, the um, I just beaten the the boss in the second area. Uh, I'm trying to avoid spoilers for people at people at home. Um, that took me three attempts. Um, one, I don't think it was a particularly good boss but like i also like i'm i'm a little bit i think i'm a little bit over leveled and i've got like good summons so like the game is a lot easier and i'm not as like it's not as satisfying on the other hand when i do the ever jails those feel super satisfying because like my options are limited and you know it's it's mono we mono so I, th I you know i think the game is i think the game's great like i love this game um i love the exploration elements i love kind of all the fighting elements um there's a couple bosses I take issue with, um, uh, and maybe at some point I'll go into them. Um, and there's, uh, like I said, the legibility stuff. But like, part of the, part of the thing I love about the Dark Soul or about the Soulsborne experience is like, there's constant, there's this constant tension where it's like, should I be doing this because like, the results of quests aren't always like it's like. You, know, you don't always want to finish all the quests, right? Like, um, I know in previous... I haven't read anything about the endings of this game, but I know in previous games, it's like, you don't want to, like, give certain people certain things, even though you can. Like, like doing the kind of, like, you know, fit every peg into every hole that you can leads to, like, worse outcomes sometimes. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of the side quests end, like, let's say poorly for the people involved. Um, and one that's very soulsy, and two that's also very George R. R. Martin-y. So like you know you get you get a lot of that in here, um, and so like I don't know I think I think it's an excellent game. I could easily see him. Like I have done two of, or at least like four or five areas, and I'm 56 hours in, and I could see myself easily putting in another, like at okay. one like at one point I. So I went into a cave, and I fought a boss, and. Um, the boss 
was like a, it was like the type of boss where you like fight him a certain amount and then he asks for forgiveness and like I forgave him and he says like open that chest and the chest teleported me like you know two miles to the east it's like fuck you right and I like found a building I went into the building and there's an elevator and the elevator takes me to what is essentially the underdark of this map and I'm like what what wow <laughs> where am I? that's actually very cool to be honest yeah no it is it is it is an amazing experience, but like, it's like, there's a whole second fucking map underneath here. Right. And it's not as, mm-hmm. it's not as big as the overworld map as far as I understand, but it's, it's, you know, there's all sorts of this, this little stuff, right? It's like, you know, Oh, you know, I bet you there's something over there and you go, lo and behold, there is. And it's not always like the greatest thing, but like, you know, it's like, I bet you if I get here, like there's been enough places where it's like, I have, you know, like it's getting, like getting to the top of something isn't always like the cool, like, you know, that's fun, but it's not like, you know, it's not always something there, but like, it's like, I bet you there's something like there's this map, piece looks distinctive. I bet you there's something here and there usually is. And it's not always the craziest thing, but it's, it's always like a decent set piece. Um, the way, so Eugene Park, he's a writer for the Washington post, um, wrote like a story explanation for, for Elden Ring. I haven't read it because I, I, you know, I don't, I, I want to, um, I want to experience it myself, but in one of the tweets that he put around his, you know, him tweeting the article, it's like, Never assume that anything was placed without intent, or like always assume that something was placed with intent in Elden Ring, and like in these terms of the generals, right? If an enemy is somewhere, if an item is somewhere, that's part of the environmental storytelling, and I think this game that's definitely true. It puts, like, does the game like it, it, it's incredible, um, and like you know, you like you can see it happen, right? Like, um, like there is. Like, one of, so this is this is not a huge spoiler, but, like, one of the NPCs, like I said, you do their quest and it's poorly. It's like, you give an NPC a thing, you find his body dead somewhere later in the in the game, right? And it's like, and, like, the, you know, it's like, well, he made it to where he wanted to go, but it killed him, right? Like, and, you know, and that's, you know, it's that. and then there's a message, actually, it's like, you know, oh, poor friend, or something like that. This is another part of this game that's, like, fantastic, right? It's, like, just, like, the, the multiplayer aspect, like, this bloodstained messages aspect, right? Because, like, you know, it's like, you know, I've seen one person, one one would put it, it's like, you know, surrealist humor, right? Like, every animal in the game will, like, have a message that says, like, you know, dog next to it, right? Um, and the one we would put it is like, and then you find an NPC with a with a wolf companion, and the message says, horse? Um, <laughs> um, and because you can't, like, communicate with arbitrary language, right? Like, you get these, like, these weird memes, right? Like, you know. Um, you will at some point see a message that says, try finger, but whole, um, yeah, <laughs> I have seen that a lot actually. Yep. Um, just because like, and you know, and then you'll see like a pile of red blood splotches and be like, oh, is there an enemy here? But then you'll like hit one. It's like, oh, like 30 people tried jumping off the edge here and it didn't end well for them. Right. Like it is. Yeah. I don't know. It is like, I, I do have to say that is something that I do find fun about, uh, about the game. Like ultimately, I don't, I don't want to say ultimately because. Again, I'm at the very beginning of this whole, you know, uh, Souls experience, and I could revise this opinion later. But I am mostly of the opinion at this at this moment that I probably prefer uh, other sorts of games, right? Like, the, the one that I kept r- r- um, comparing this in my head to was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is kind of this, the, the, the biggest kind of, like, single-player RPG um, that that is close to this kind of single player RPG. I just that I've played recently. Right. Um, 
And the thing about Valhalla is that I'm kind of hit in the same place when it comes to these mechanics, right? You know, Valhalla has these dedicated boss fights where there are, you know, like mechanics. Um, a lot of the the sort of dodging and attacking, uh, all of that stuff is pretty similar. Nothing is quite as punishing or as, you know, like there's no tree sentinel in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, but the thing that really made, makes a difference in my head is how much Valhalla has that this doesn't. Um, in a way, right? Like it has the kind of like the base building aspect of like raiding these, you know, like these villages and upgrading, you know, like upgrading my village. It has the the narrative story, right? Of all of the different, you know, like these characters in my village that I'm, that I'm interacting with and their, you know, like their stories and quests. It has, you know, like all of the, the stealth gameplay that comes with being an Assassin's Creed game, right? Where, you know, I'm hiding from guards, I'm sneaking into spots, I'm assassinating a person and I'm, and I'm sneaking kind of back out. Right. Um, and it just kind of has all of this, all of this, what I would call extra in a way, um, stuff to it. Um, that uh, that Elden Ring doesn't necessarily have. So even if I were to say, for instance, uh, I think that the combat, even just in grinding this one area of mobs, is probably better in Elden Ring than it ever was in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? Valhalla just has all of this extra stuff, which leads me to this conclusion of maybe the FromSoft games are so specific. They are so narrowly FromSoft, right? Um that uh, that they're that they're not quite for for me in the way that I would want to to experience like a, a broader variety of of gameplay out of out of like a single player RPG like this. But like I said, I, it's very premature, and I don't want to make any kind of judgment call based on you know three and a half hours of wiping to Tree Sentinel and two hours of grinding the same camp over and over and over again, right? For for whatever. Um, but that's sort of where I'm at. That's sort of where I'm at right now when it comes to, when it comes to Elden Ring. I will say, <sighs> part of this is, is fatigue from WoW, which is also, which also does something similar, but I don't think I like this environmental storytelling stuff. Um, I hated the opening cinematic, which was full of all of these proper nouns. Uh, and it just feels like. I don't know. I just, man, dude, I don't want my fucking stories to be an ARG anymore. I do not want to de decipher them, right? Or like decode them. I just kind of want, I just kind of want the story to be straight up. Even if I see where it's going and I predict the plot twists, I just kind of want to know that there's character arcs and plot twists, right? And not have to, you know, as we say, like read the item descriptions <laughs> to follow to follow things. Yeah. So there is there is a little bit more in this game than there in the previous games, but you're not gonna you're not gonna like it. Like it's like if you don't like it. I could already tell. I, I sat down and I had that I had that cutscene with like the maiden or whatever, and I was just like, oh, this this is insufferable. And like right afterwards, I had the cutscene with the summons lady where she's like, oh, uh, you know, another another tarnished coming out into, you know, like into whatever. I'm going to say more cryptic shit that you don't fucking understand, you know. And it's just like after three, after three of these cutscenes in a row. I mean, the first one is the worst of them. Because I'm guessing it is setting up bosses, right? Like, all of those little cuts to the people are the individual bosses that have the other fragments of the Elden Ring that I am trying to unite to get the Elden Ring, right? This is, this is the overall story of the game, right? Uh, as far as I know, yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, like, there's so many things that were... 
I don't know, just like undescribed, I guess, um, that leave that leave me sort of frustrated. Even this camp where I <laughs> I decimated this camp dozens of times, right? I don't know who those guys are. I don't. I don't. Who? Who's the Golden Knight? What? Why is there a troll in the Stormgate? All, I, I'm sure there are answers to these questions, but I just like I do not want to have to bring a fucking you know in, in excavator to find them. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's fair. Like that. So this was the thing that was like kind of unique about these games, right? Like I think other properties have kind of aped some of it. Is like, you know, who Vati Vidya is. Mm-mm. So he's a dude who is most famous for like long like, multi-part video essays about what is actually happening in the Dark Souls games, right? Like, you know, piecing together the whole thing. It's, like, a whole thing, right? It's, like, something that people... Because, you know, he's got, like, some amount of speculation in that, right? Because he's, like, putting together these pieces and trying to guess what's actually happening. Um, Sure. And, like, there's a lot of it that's, like, well-supported, right? Like, and, you know... And it's... Like, that's cool. Like, that's part of the the experience, right? It's, like, figuring these pieces out, going to Fadi and being, like, oh, I I agree with your take on this, right? This This is also, like, you know, in the same vein as kind of, like you know, game theories on fucking Freddy Fosbear. Five minutes of Freddy's. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and I love those videos. I fucking do, man. And so I'm, I'm a huge hypocrite in this moment. But, you know, you know, actually, I'm not a huge hypocrite. I do like watching those game theory videos, but I've never once in my fucking life to play a, fa- a Five Nights at Freddy's game. Yeah. It is fun watching a video about someone deciphering the puzzle. It's just not as fun to be in a situation where I'm missing key elements of this story because it is, you know, it's it's hidden behind a, a dozen cryptograms that a fucking YouTuber is going to have to, you know, is going to have to put together. So I, I will say it's not quite that bad, right? Like, you'll get the general, like, feeling of things after all. Part of, part of it is, of course, that you are, like, stuck here, right? Like, you haven't, yeah. you haven't found the hub yet. Right, which is like I don't know, like no one I don't think has figured out what the conditions for getting to the round table hold are. But at some point, you will get like whisked away to the round table hold, and there's that's like a, a hub with like NPCs in it that you can talk to, and they'll tell you some okay. things a little bit more directly, um, and it'll be a little bit like you know, it'll still won't be like you know like, and this is very clear, but it'll still like it'll have some stuff, but like you know. Um, You'll find people that'll tell you things, right? Like, and they'll still be a little bit cryptic, but you'll like eventually get it, right? Like, um, like someone will tell you something very soon. At, I assume they'll tell you something about like people getting grafted, and you won't know what that is, and then you'll figure it out, right? Because it'll be very obvious what that means um, when you see it, and like you know, that's like neat to me, right? Like, and that's like I think part of it that that works. Um, and there's parts of it that you won't quite fully understand and that's when you like will dive into the you know the youtube videos and someone will be like oh okay this is the piece that you missed because like it's also very easy to miss a lot of stuff right like you know my maybe i think the point i think what the game wants you to do is to do some stuff but not sweat it if you miss something right like you know um even if like you know one person i follow was like i scraped like an area for like you know you know 10 hours right and I still missed, like, four bosses, right? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, like, I know that, like, I scraped in it. Like, I scraped the, the starting area for a while. And, like, at some point it was like, huh, I never figured out how to get there. How do I get there? And I went and Googled it. And I just missed a cave, right? Like, you know. Um, and I was overleveled for it at that point. So I just kind of, like, waltzed through it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, like, a, a semi-important mechanic there, which is something I don't quite like, right? Like, you'll... 
like there are things that you can miss that are pretty key, right? Like I think like missing like missing the summoning bell is like a huge one. Um, there's also a couple other little things that I'm not super crazy about, like not not being able to like not being a little bit more obvious or like if you do it out of order right like there's yeah. like there's like a couple locations in a couple different places that like if you go the wrong like if you keep heading say if you keep heading in one direction and like you don't ever ex- like explore far enough in another direction you might miss <coughs> excuse me something that's pretty fundamental a part of like the gameplay loop um although i think that, that mostly mostly solves itself by the end of like that first big area. Um, Cause you'll have found most of everything. Um, but you know, yeah, I think the thing honestly might be because I'm maybe more kind of character and thematically motivated that where a lot of this stuff is very plot motivated. Right. Um, you know, I, for instance, I remember watching a video about bloodborne where the, the video explains the plot of bloodborne and kind of how it gets there. Right. And sort of deciphers that, but there really isn't anything like, kind of deeper or more complex going on when it comes to that is just or honestly five nights at freddy's is a good example of this right the 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 fnaf games you are just deciphering what is going on right the end result is to figure out oh okay you know this is who this character is michael afton murdered a bunch of kids these are the mechanics of those murders right and I think something about that is a little bit hollow at the end, right? It's like, am I really going to spend all of this time just deciphering essentially a plot summary? Is that the, is that the, the end result of this? Is that the end value kind of of this? Is to just, I just understand the plot now. Okay. I understand that we went from point A to point B and all of the steps along the way. But there, there's like there's like kind of nothing else there. Whereas like, I feel like the stuff that I'm connected to, you know, like one of the reasons that I've come back to Valhalla in my head about this is that... I still actually know the story off offhand, right? You know, um, because you're playing Ivor and Ivor has a brother and you don't quite see eye to eye with the brother and you got a prophecy in Norway that you were going to betray your brother. And at the end of the prophecy, you were like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do this. But now you're trying to kind of colonize in, you know, you, you set sail, you go to England, you make it, you make your town and you're trying to kind of colonize in England and your brother's making a bunch of decisions that you don't, that you don't like. And I'm watching that kind of, you know, like I'm watching that prophecy happen. I'm watching kind of the relationship between Ivor and his brother Frey. Um, even just like the individual little plot stories, right? You know, there's one, there's one story about allying with a, uh, a local king, um, and the king himself is kind of a putz, but his his son is sort of like it's sort of almost like Anduin Ren in a way, um, in the sense you know he's 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 good, he's trying his best, he's really looking out for his people. Um, and one of your lieutenants who is in that location is really aggressive, and he kind of fucking hates the son, and he orchestrates the he orchestrates the son's murder, and you have to go kill him. And it's just like that that was a great just like story arc playing out. It had real tragedy. I was really invested in it, um, and I just. I, I'm never invested in in you know any of these um, uh, I don't know like story as ARG as puzzle to be solved uh, kinds of kinds of plots. It's like Lou in the chat says, Fidas has changed that up a bit. The latest one, despite its nine thousand other flaws, has a variable ending. So your exploration actually impacts the path of the story. I definitely do get this. And by the way, I am up to date. Don't don't get me wrong. I am up to date on 
security breach and and its lore. And I do think, to a certain extent, there is something deeper about security breach because it actually delves into the realm of theme and metaphor. Where if you're reading it right, you know, Robot Freddy is uh, Michael Afton and. Uh, the the Gregory is the crying child. And this is metaphorically, you know, Michael Afton is helping his little brother kind of put things back together and save his metaphorical older sister from the horrible clutches of their murderous father, right? There is there is actually something there when it comes to security breach. So I do definitely agree with you. But in previous FNAF games, it was just like, is he? Is this all in a dream? Is this all? He's in a hospital bed because you can see that. Oh, on on this time of this night, there's an IV drip next to the bed, which seems to suggest that this is all in a coma. And it's like I don't I don't care if it's in a coma or not. Like I don't I don't need to know what's happening. I just I want to be connected to this on a on a more kind of fundamental level. But anyway, no. So whatever so, we've talked to. We've uh, talked I, this I, mean, I, I can't. I, I got. I gotta. I gotta respond to that just a little bit. Okay, feel free to respond. Because I do think, like, you know, I haven't, I haven't played through Elden Ring, so I can, and Elden Ring is a totally <laughs> separate world from the Dark Souls games, but, like, okay. the Dark Souls games does have, like, you know, like, the first level is, like, you figuring out what's going on, but there is, like, deeper thematic stuff there, right? Like, the whole, like, so, spoilers for Dark Souls, but, like, one of the recurring themes, um, especially in the first and the third game, is essentially, like, the world is kind of burning out, and you can either perpetuate this cycle of, like, putting a little bit more fuel on the fire so it lasts a little bit longer, or just, like, you know, bring about the inevitable collapse that's going to happen. And, like, the deeper theming is about, like, you know, what the different people who are in power do to try and either stave off this ruinous ending, um, or it's mostly that, right? Like, it's what your player character is either, like, continuing that cycle or, um, uh, or you know, except embracing the end of it. And there's, like deeper things you can dig into there. Like, why each king is doing what he's doing, you know, why the Lord, like, you know, Lord of Cinder's Gwyn, what he did to try and preserve the age, and, like, how, like, refusing to accept the inevitable has led to this kind of, like, tarnished, terrible world, not tarnished in the Elden Ring sense, but, like, this terrible world where things won't end. Um, I think there's some similar themes going on in Elden Ring, but, like, um, if, if there is one thing I will say, it's that the, the, the games all have very similar themes, so... Um, it might be the same type of thing again, but it's been a couple. It's been a while since Dark Souls Three. Um, and Sekiro is actually a lot different. Like you might like actually like Sekiro more because it's like a little bit more direct in terms of like what it I've is. I've heard Sekiro. I was having it. We, you know, we've talked about yeah. this offcast. I've heard that Sekiro is actually the best one. Somebody somebody said that Elden Ring is the best from game software to start, and this started a whole conversation. I was in a big Discord channel at the time, and they said, no, 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 no. You should start on Sekiro. Sekiro is the best one. Uh, I don't have any more information than that. I don't even really know why they said that, but uh, that was what they said. So, <laughs> yeah. Sek Sekiro is very different, but it's all it, it is. It is a good game. It just wasn't particularly for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, my understanding is it's also less of an RPG, right? Because you are more or less you are Sekiro, kind of, yeah, ra yeah, rather than like the the uh, the chosen undead, which is the protagonist in the Dark Souls games, typically. Um, yeah, and like in Elden Ring, even if, like, I do get the sense that there are a number of different ways that like you can you can be a, a sword and shield guy, you can be a whatever. You like, there's a lot of different ways to sort of tackle these. You can be a magic guy, you can be an arrow guy, you can be a rogue. I'm sure, 
Yeah, um, effectively. But my understanding is that in Sekiro, you don't that like that. That's not oh, really a yeah, part you, of how that game works. You are you are a sword man with the mechanical hand. Um, yeah. Um, but yes. Um, but like you are, you know, there there is there's a lot in this game, and I think you should. It's. So have you? And this is gonna, this is gonna be a weird question, but when was the last time you read Lord of the Rings? Have you ever le- read Lord of the Rings? God, probably high school. I read it in high school, but I don't think I ever read it after that. Have you re- you've read The Hobbit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you read The Silmarillion? Uh, maybe like half. Okay. Or maybe I actually did read the whole Silmarillion. All of this was in college, or yeah. all of this was in high school at the time, because that's when the Lord of the Rings movies were like coming out. So, so for me as well, like I read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit a little bit younger, and I never read all of the Silmarillion. But like that kind of sense for like, at least to me, a lot of the Lord of the Rings is world building, and it's not as much about like the actual plot of what's happening. The Hobbit is very plot focused. The Lord of the Rings is less plot focused, but there's still a bunch of plot there. The Cimmerillion is kind of like a lot of world building that's not necessarily all connected, and there's some plot threads, but like it's not super strong there. Does, does that does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. So like, I find that that's pretty similar to what happens in these games, except instead of just reading descriptions you're kind of like riding through it and fighting things and so it makes absorbing that a lot like a lot better i will so loose is 90 percent of lord of lord of the rings world building is uh, is exhausting i agree like i actually don't like like reading lord of the rings i like the movies because like instead of being like a page description it's in the shot right and it's tightened up for a movie and I think similarly yeah. with Elden Ring, a lot of that world building is kind of in the world as you're fighting through it. And I will take your point that a lot of that means that a lot of it isn't like told as a story. Um, but I still think it's I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do want to be yeah. clear. I haven't experienced this in Elden Ring, yeah. so I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. coming after Elden Ring a little bit less than I am coming after this sort of mode yeah, of storytelling. You know, because it's and I have seen this done well, right? Like. Fallout New Vegas has a lot of this kind of storytelling, but I think that it does it great, right? You know, um, and part of that is because there's a real central, you know, plot hook to Fallout New Vegas because it is, you know, it's about the Hoover Dam, it's about these warring factions, um, and you have characters who are connected to each piece of the puzzle, right? Um, you know, you have Boone whose wife was murdered by by Kaisar's Legion, and so he's really mad about it, right? Um, or you have uh, Wolfpace and Colta, who is a, you know, like who is one of Caesar's big assassins out in, in like the wasteland. And so there's something about, there's like a certain level of legibility to it that I think like works and makes sense. Um, and honestly, I even think that this is something that it, it just fluctuates. There are, there are, there are some that just like have this magic where I'm immediately sucked in and some that kind of don't like, honestly, even like in wow expansions, this has happened. Right. I feel like Pandaria Zandalar was a really one where I was just like, I immediately felt like this was a real world with real people in it that I was immersed inside of. Whereas there have been wow expansions, you know, cataclysm, even shadowlands to, to a certain degree where it's just kind of like, there's like there's this sort of barrier to entry because there's so much going on on kind of a uh, on like a metaphysical level that I can't get invested in the uh, there's there there isn't like a narrative spine for me to attach myself to in a way, um, which maybe is 
is the thing. I don't know. Maybe that 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 spine obviously exists in Elden Ring. Again, I wanna I wanna hold whatever. But we've yeah. gone the full hour and a half. Well, uh, I'm sure we will continue the Elden yeah, Ring yeah. explorations in the future. But for now, what have you what have you been up to in the five minutes of your your week? Uh, I've been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you paid any attention to the race to world first? No. Uh, okay. The only thing I'm saying, we were talking about the raid mechanics earlier. I know that there's like a similar, I assume it's over now, race to world first for the Destiny raid. And that's an example of a raid where they have complex mechanics, like more complex than Skolex, and they don't explain it anywhere. And they don't fucking tell you. <laughs> yeah. They don't tell you shit. Yeah. yeah. It's just like watching people try and figure it out, which seems like, I don't know why you would do that. And the mechanics are so fucking obtuse. Like, I can't imagine trying to do one of those raids without actually like reading a guide. Like I would, I would just be like, this, this is fucking nonsense. It is insane because they are more obtuse than WoW raids are. And I, you know, like I think WoW raids can be really obtuse. Like I was talking about with Skolex or whatever. But the race world first is definitely a different thing, which I have been watching and I have been enjoying, uh, you know, quite a lot. Uh, the big, the big wall was uh, was Halandris. Which was a 300 pull. It took limit. Got it this morning. Or not? Sorry, they're not limited anymore. They're Team Liquid. Um, so, so for those for those outside of the know, the race of world first is different WoW guilds competing to be the first to kill the end boss as quickly as possible. Um, this is normally a thing that takes place over the course of months, right? You know, like a normal guild will take months to kill um uh the jailer or sylvanas or whoever the end boss is of a current expansion and the racer world first is really interesting because it is over the course of a matter of weeks it is the very best players in in wow essentially speed run speed running to be the first to to do it and there's all of these extra kind of pieces of the puzzle that are interesting and um and uh uh you, you like you, you that you that you just never see or deal with right um one of the things that that these raids do to prepare is there's what are called splits where they split up their raid into a bunch of little miniature raids to rerun heroic and normal all the time uh so that they can constantly funnel loot to the right people to try and get them the best loot walking into into like mythic and heroic um they're swapping characters and classes all the time it's really interesting watching them talk about stuff like cooldowns or whatever um but i don't know it's just like it's just watching incredibly competent people tackle incredibly difficult problems because like these bosses are tuned to be dealt with by characters who are much more powerful right um so it really is sort of like the bleeding edge of you know just about doable uh with with the gear that they have Holandris did get nerfed by the way which sort of sucks uh was designed by the same guy who designed painsmith and painsmith also was a hundred boss wall in the middle of the raid typically that that isn't how, how it happens right you kind of you don't breeze through, but the first week you get through almost everything in the beginning of the raid. Um, Holandris and Painsmith both were huge, huge walls for the guilds. Um, I don't know if Echo has actually gotten. Lou said they were Holandris stuck on down. Dragoon. Uh, yeah, Dragoon is is Holandris, uh, the the crab, this fucking crab boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, the crab boss, by the way, has one of the most cool has one of the coolest mechanics I think I've ever seen, which is these little bombs. It's it's a hot potato mechanic, right? It is a bomb. Somebody needs to pick up the bomb, and it starts a twenty second timer. Maybe it's a ten second timer, right? Um, and they need to drop the bomb. And every time you pick up or drop the bomb, it resets the timer. And if a bomb is ever uh, hit by a mechanic, right? So if it's hit by a missile or, you know, it's hit by a, um, 
uh, like a beam or something like that, the bomb explodes and wipes the raid, basically, right? So it is simultaneously pick up and put down the hot potato constantly to reset the timer, and you can't hit get hit by any of the mechanics, right? You gotta you gotta like space it out. And just watching them deal with that was really cool, a lot of fun. That sounds <coughs> insane. Um, that 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 sounds that sounds like a nightmare, but uh, also incredibly satisfying <laughs> if you get it done, right? Like. Much yep. like an Elden Ring boss. Oh! Um. Yeah, much like an Elden Ring boss. They are now on Lords of Dread, which is the ninth boss of the ten-boss raid, um, which means they must have gotten Anduin when I wasn't paying attention. So, good good, good on them. All right. Um, what else? Uh, I, I listened to a couple episodes of... There is a, there is a Bob Odenkirk podcast. Um... Uh, it's like a. Have you seen like the trailer for for Better Call Saul season six? I have not. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. I thought that's where you're going. No worries. Yeah. So let me let me let me uh, let me get the name of this. It's it's, it's an Audible exclusive podcast. Um, it stop asking for ratings. It's called um, Summer in Argyle, um, and Bob Odenkirk's narrator features a lot of those Mister Show people, right? Like it's got like David, whatever the guy with like the Cross. not David Cross, but also. Um, who am I thinking of? Uh, he's got a very distinct face. He's got like a goatee and like he's like bald on top. Um, maybe it's not David. Um, oh, let me see if I can find his name. He's like, uh, it's got a, it's got a bunch of the people that you think. I don't particularly like it. Um, it's like one of those comedies where like every like where it's all ridiculous, but like there's no straight man, and it's kind of like everybody like. That was the way, to, the way I put it. Like, everybody talks like like they're kind of in, like, like they're almost speaking at the camera, but not quite, right? Like, like the town of Argyle is weird because it celebrates, like, runners-up, right? And then it's, like, it's it's all, like, it's it's all in that. And it's, like, it's about, like, a like a murder mystery, essentially. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's particularly – it wasn't particularly for me. Um, I assume it's just, like, not for me. Brian Posen is who I'm thinking of. He doesn't oh, have okay. a go, goatee, maybe. Um, I just, he is, he looks very distinctive to me, and his face kind of stands out in my head. But, uh, you know, it's got a star-studded cast. It's got David Cross. It's got uh, Bob Odenkirk. It's got Brian. You know, Brian Pussett isn't exactly a big star, but, like, it's got um, Tom Kenny and a bunch of other names that I recognize. Um, but, you know, it was something. It is not my favorite. Um, I don't know if I can recommend it, but, like, it showed up. I saw Bob Odenkirk tweet about it, so I listened to it. So, you know, <laughs> at least part of it. Yeah, honestly, the thing that I've been doing. Do you know Quentin reviews? Uh, he's been doing this series on iCarly and and Victorious. Um, he released an eight-hour video on Victorious. So that's my that's that's been my thing, is rewatching this video on iCarly and then also Victorious, which are both Nick Nickelodeon sitcoms. I didn't fucking watch. But like for some reason, I don't know. It's just they're very they're very watchable and they're very fun. Hey, yeah, if you you know, if you like it, I guess I don't know. I I I'm not as big into those those types of videos all the time. Um, yeah, but I uh, uh, what was? Oh, there's a apparently there's a new um, Max Landis Flash video. Um, <laughs> As I'm looking at my YouTube, because I was looking to see if that. Oh, by the way, Lou wants to correct that they haven't uh, killed Anduin. They are back to running heroic splits to get heroic gear. So 
I, I was incorrect that they were they were not on Lords of Dread. Yep. Yeah. So the the only other thing that I have been doing is I've been watching more Taskmaster. Um, apparently, Taskmaster released its own streaming service just for watching Taskmaster. Um, so <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's a great show. I haven't signed up for it. They still have a bunch. Of, I just they said they're going to leave all the videos on YouTube that were there, and so I don't know. I think it's really. Oh, I did want to. I did want to say something. Uh, I played Arcadia Quest over the weekend with friend of the cast. Has Warren been on the cast? He probably has, right? Maybe. Uh, it is his favorite board game, and he finally organized me, Rachel, a friend of ours, Hans, and him to play Arcadia Quest, which is a which is a board game where it is a PVEVP game, right? A little bit like Scythe in a way. Um, but like, uh, just like on a mechanical level where, you know, you have an adventuring party and you are making your way through a dungeon, but you are also competing against everyone, all of the other characters, adventuring parties, and you need to complete a certain number of quests, right? And the quests can either be PVP quests, which are kill enemy heroes or PVE quests, which are kill the orc captain or like close the gate or whatever else or whatever. Um, and it was insanely fun. I kind of forgot. I haven't done like board games in a long time because of the pandemic, but I sort of fucking forgot how like good and fun they are. Warren got a scythe for uh, for my birthday, which is which is very cool. Which means that there might be there might be some scythe content in the not too distant future. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so that that is the other thing that happened uh, this week that I just wanted to just wanted to give a, a brief mention it was a fucking bloodbath we were constantly killing each other which is almost the exact opposite of how i normally want to play these games i almost always just want to like sit and do the pve quest and kind of keep myself protected on all sides but it is so easy to go up and fight an orc and the orc puts like two out of three wounds on one of your guys and then everybody is like blood in the water <laughs> you know and they're now like going to try and snipe a kill kind of thing uh so yeah that sounds like a lot of fun i haven't played a board game in a while it's been haven't had an opportunity i've mostly been playing i play a lot of D D, but like you know or pathfinder but you know um i actually played over the weekend it was a lot of fun uh we uh what did we do it was it was entirely an rp session because oh wow had, nice we had just killed a uh a, a bad guy and we came back to back home and uh, there's some stuff that had happened at home, so we talked through it. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we had a weirdly combat field sent on my in my D and D game on Friday. We got to a new town. We arrived at this new town, right? And we didn't ha we don't have much of a, like a main quest at the moment. But my character, Takeda Kenzo, Kenzo Takeda, is a dragonborn samurai who is also a dragonborn monk because this is the this is the Gestalt mm -hmm. game. Um, and I'm trying to track down. Uh, uh, Takeda is a free clan, and I'm fighting against the vampire shogunate, which are, sh which are vampire samurai, basically, right? And um, so we arrived in this new town, and I am trying to see if there is any presence of the vampire shogunate in this town. So what ended up happening is we got off this train, and I saw that there were a bunch of people off screen who were like looking at our train or like not off screen, but like out in the distance. I, I just, I, I nailed the perception check and I just saw that there were some people and they were like looking at our, our train. And I was like, um, that's suspicious. I'm going to go take a look at it. So Kenzo, everybody split up, splits up. Some people were going to talk to some people, some people were going to talk to whatever. Kenzo goes into an alleyway where he sees like these people and these two bandits try and rob him. Right. And so I use non-lethal damage. 
uh, and I knock one of the, and, and stunning blow, I knock one of the guys out, I cover him in iron silk, which is a special kind of, um, it is, uh, it's like metal that is, that, that's a fabric, but it responds to your thought, right? So I can, like, make it turn into shapes, and it is a metal version of that shape. So I tie the guy up in, in iron silks, and I put him over my shoulder, right? Because that happened, it it alerted the other members of my party who then also came to the the alleyway, and then they just started fighting like the gang members, right? But I just have this guy, and I'm running away because it's me. It's like one versus six or something, right? So I'm just running away. I'm doing this whole thing. I had a I had a, a crazy moment where Kenzo has um, uh, Kenzo has blind sight. So I used a, uh, I, I threw like a bag of limestone into the air, limestone dust, and it creates the, it created this huge thick cloud that nobody could see in. And I used that to dodge people running, chasing me during the chase sequence. They were, they ran past me because I had, I had blind sight so I could dodge between them at, with a, with a stealth check or whatever. We did this whole thing, right? Um, on the other end of the alleyway, the gang rallied around this, this whole fight, and uh, and we have you know like a barbarian paladin who just started murdering people. Sengrim, who is Rachel's character, who is a barbarian druid, also just started like wrecking people. There was a there was a wizard on this elevator lift um, that uh, that Sophidia, who is a who is a uh, a paladin warlock, she she murdered she like murdered this warlock. And then at the end of the session, uh, they had I we had either driven off the gang or we had killed everyone in the gang, and Kenzo arrives with the thief over his shoulder that started the whole thing, and he plops them down in front of the town guard and he says, "I'd like to report a crime. I'd like to report this man for attempted murder." And it's just like the most murder hobo. Everybody fucking killed everybody. And the only thing I wanted to do, because Kenzo is lawful neutral, is when he is the victim of a crime, I performed a citizen's arrest, and I wanted to report the crime to the proper authorities. <laughs> oh, so this is this is funny because like my, my character, Barso Gaudius, is also lawful neutral. He's a hell knight. Um and so like the party will go to do something, like, you know, like we were investi- investigating like Essentially, one of the one of the masons in town, like was like doing some devilish, you know, devilish stuff, um, and it resulted in disaster. So we like it's like so we go to their like associates' houses, and it's like they're all nobody's home. It's like it's like and so like the, the rogues like you want me to pick the lock, and I'm like wait, we need to go get a warrant first. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like the running joke, right? Is like you know, is like Barso needs to go get permission, and Jim's like, "Yes, you get you get the fucking warrant. Now go, now go do the thing." <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, I mean, this was not initially where I was going with Kenzo because the 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 setup for the campaign is that we are vampire hunters who have uh, who have like special capabilities to kill to hunt and kill vampires, um, and we're a secret society that is. You know, as far as the greater public is concerned, both the vampire hunters and us are terrible aberrations, right? Um, because the thing that we do is we lace our bodies with silver, um, with like alchemical silver, so that we can use that to like kill these vampires or whatever. Um, but in the last town, Kenzo kind of had this arc where I just was helping out the town guard and I became really close to the town guard. And so at this point, Kenzo is like, really really lawful neutral and uh and uh that that was how we got to 
That's how we got to the end. But anyway, I guess that's it. We're, we're yeah. way over time at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just to, just to put a, a note in there for next time, I do want to talk about kind of some of the stuff surrounding Elden Ring. This is something we've touched on okay. before at some point, which is kind of like reviews of games as pieces of art versus reviews as games as consumer products. And I, There's like an interesting thing about that around Elden Ring specifically, but I will leave that as a teaser. Maybe we'll do that as a full episode. Maybe we'll do that as a back half thing. But I easily think we could make a full episode of that, about that one, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's a teaser for next time. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll wrap it up then. Uh, if you want to email us, you think about any of the things that happened on this podcast, you can email us at DervisPlayGames at gmail.com or podcast at DervisPlayGames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash DervisPlayGames. Um, rate, review us wherever you find podcasts. Um, on Follow us on YouTube. Uh, you know, we have a Patreon and everything like that. The Patreon, by the way, which, which paid for Buddy's copy of Felton Ring. Um, <laughs> thank you uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so thank you, uh, th- thank you, fans, for uh, for uh, doing that for us. Um, that's everything I have, Buddy. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, I have nothing else I'm looking to promote. All right. Well, in that case, I'm going to say until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.